Well, hey there, it's Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode's sermon, I'm going to be taking you back in our sermon archives to share with you one of my personal favorite Christmas sermons that I've ever preached. And it's one of my favorites because in this sermon, I'm going to be sharing with you what's probably my all-time favorite Christmas story, the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. So in this sermon, we're going to be exploring the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and Tiny Tim and the ghosts of Christmas yet to come. So let's dive right into this week's sermon. Let's give it a listen and be inspired to make this Christmas that is yet to come the best we can for everyone around us. Did you notice this morning that the sanctuary looks a little bit different today than it did when we went home after last Sunday morning's service? We now have a new banner on display. More greenery has added to the abundance. Our evergreen tree sitting off in this corner has now been filled with new ornaments, special decorations, each symbolizing Christ. Poinsettias now adorn our stage. Extra candles have been lit. But what's behind this transformation? Did Santa Claus and his elves pop up in here just to help perk up the place a bit? Of course not. The reality is that last Sunday night we had our first special service of the Advent season, a season that is meant to prepare us for Christ's impending arrival. And in that service, we work to prepare our sanctuary for the rest of the season. So throughout the last week, as I came to work, I noticed that we had wreaths hanging outside of the doors. Christmas trees were lit up in the atrium in the banquet hall. Special bows and decorations adorned our hallways and a sanctuary was prepared for the season. And as I saw all of the wonderful ornamentation, I couldn't help but find myself humming that familiar Christmas tune that's now a classic, a song that was first released in 1951 and was made famous by Bing Crosby. As Crosby unforgettably crooned, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look in the five and ten, glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, toys in every store, but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls that will talk and will go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. There's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well, the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the bells will start. And the thing that will make them ring is the carol that you sing right within your heart. And although some of the the song's original words are a bit out of date, after all, I have no idea what a pair of hop-along boots are, The words just ring just as true this Christmas season as they ever have. It truly is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas around our apartment. A tiny tree now stands in our living room. A few decorations are hanging in a window. And a few wrapped presents have even begun popping up under the tree. It's probably the same around your house, too. Your wreaths are now hung, your lights are shining bright, and your Christmas tree is decorated with a present or two sitting underneath. But even though many of us have only started decorating over the last week or two, the reality is it's been looking a lot like Christmas for quite a while now. A few years ago, one blogger even mused, 
Retailers start gearing up for the Christmas season while visions of water parks and summer camps still dance in children's heads. And parents haven't even yet thought of buying school supplies, much less stocking stuffers. Halloween pumpkins are moved out as reindeer and snowmen take their places. A few shopkeepers still remind us that Thanksgiving remains on the calendar, but they are on the endangered species list. I know about this rush to Christmas all too well. I grew up in a household that could barely wait for Thanksgiving to pass before the Christmas tree was put up. I worked in a retail world that began playing Christmas music as soon as school was back in session. And in years past, I even had one of those zany neighbors that lived behind me who began decorating outside of his home for Christmas as soon as the trick-or-treaters had left his front porch. And amidst all of the fuss and all of the rush of Christmas, I can't help but wonder, what is it that we're really getting ready for? It seems like each year we begin decorating earlier and earlier. But why? It seems like each year we schedule more parties or more get-togethers. But why? It seems like every year stores begin advertising and starting their Christmas sales earlier and earlier and offering more and bigger bargains. But why? Has Christmas in our culture been reduced to a few fancy lights or an eight-foot inflatable Santa standing on our lawn? Has Christmas been reduced to impersonal parties where we exchange meaningless pleasantries, inconsequential calories, and even a pointless gift or two? Has Christmas been reduced to a selfish season where our primary concern is what we'll get out of it? It's true that Christmas is a season of preparation. We prepare our homes and our offices with small trinkets of holiday cheer, even if there's no one at home or in our office to share that holiday cheer with. We prepare our favorite fruitcakes and cookies to ship off to our dear old Aunt Agnes or Uncle Arlos hundreds of miles away, even though Aunt Agnes hates fruitcake and Uncle Arlos diabetic so he can't eat those cookies anyway. We meticulously prepare our packages, making sure that every present is wrapped just right, even though our children and other relatives will tear through those fancy bows and extravagant paper in the blink of an eye. It seems that there must be more to Christmas than beauty and baking and bows. And that's where the church is supposed to step in. For in the weeks that lead up to Christmas Day, we're not supposed to be concerned with the worldly preparations. Instead, we're meant to be focused on preparing for the arrival of God himself in the form of a baby named Jesus. And as the church, we must remind one another what we are preparing for and warn each other not to get too caught up in everything else that happens. For the call to prepare is not just a call to get ready, it's also a warning that we must stay on task and remain focused on our mission. Or it's a challenge for us to straighten things up and get things back on track if we've gone astray. The prophet Malachi offers us one such call in, our, in the final chapters of the Old Testament. As the people of God continue to wait for the coming Messiah, Listen to these words from Malachi this morning. Look, I'm sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look so eagerly for is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. 
He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then, once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, as he did in the past. As I hear the words of Malachi and his warning that a messenger will come who calls for a change in the hearts of humanity, I cannot help but drift to another story. A story which has been made famous through countless movie and television adaptations. A story which was first penned over 160 years ago by the renowned author Charles Dickens. In this story, Dickens tells the tale of a man who has forgotten the true meaning of Christmas. But rather than getting caught up in the decorations and the festivities like many of us do, this man's given up on the holiday altogether. Time and again, relatives, friends, employees, and even Christian people attempt to remind him what Christmas is all about. But time and again, he shoos them away, turning a deaf ear to them, finding their message to be nonsense. Or as he far more famously says, it's humbug. But for poor Ebenezer Scrooge, it's not enough to shoo away all the thoughts of Christmas and Christian cheer. For in the end, someone has bigger plans that will remind Scrooge once and for all what Christmas is all about. And with this, a messenger arrives on the scene. A messenger like the one that the Lord promised to Malachi. And like the messenger of Malachi, this messenger too warns Scrooge to get things right before it's too late. For Scrooge, this messenger is his former business partner, Jacob Marley, who has been dead for seven years. Marley comes back from the grave to warn Scrooge of his impending fate. If Scrooge remains too tight-fisted of an old miser, he will face the torture of endless wandering, held back by the riches that he worked so hard in life to obtain. As Marley will remind him, obtaining riches and wealth is no one's true business. Instead, Marley explains that mankind was my business, the common welfare was my business, charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive sea of my business. So now Marley is forced to carry the heavy chains that he forged throughout life, link by link, by acts of greed, injustice, apathy, and evil. But he also tells Scrooge it's not too late for him to avoid this fate. But going about his true business of loving man instead, I have a feeling this morning that as Christmas draws nearer this year, that we all need to hear both messages from Malachi and from Marley. Words that tell us that we should shun the path that we're currently on. We need to be reminded that Christmas is not about parties and presents, nor is it about wreaths and wrapping paper. We all need to be reminded what Christmas is all about. It's about God. The God who created the universe coming to be one of us in order to reconcile each of us to God and to one another. But what exactly does that mean to us today? What does it mean to say that God became human? What does it mean to say that we can be reconciled to God and our fellow human being? And more importantly, what difference does it make to our Christmas this year? Once again, we can return to the words of Charles Dickens from A Christmas Carol to help explain the message of Malachi and our Messiah. You see, early on, Scrooge has a spirited discussion with his nephew about the merits of Christmas. From the scene that we saw earlier, 
today. For Scrooge, Christmas meant nothing if it did not put more money into his bank account, and since it didn't, he doesn't and cannot see good in Christmas at all. But his nephew answers Scrooge's arguments with this. There are many good things in life from which I might have derived good, by which I have not profited, I dare say, returned the nephew. Christmas among the rest. But I am sure I've always thought of Christmas time when it has come around as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only time I know of in the long calendar of the year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people below them as if they were really fellow travelers and not just another race of creatures bound on other journeys. The meaning of Christmas actually has little to do with us as individuals, but it may have everything to do with others. On that night in Bethlehem when Christ was born, God declared to us all that we matter to God, and in turn we should matter to each other. And at Christmas time, we're able to open up our shut-up hearts to this reality. God loves you, and because God loves you, I should love you too. If we put all of this aside... If we put aside all of the festivities and realize what Christmas is truly about, that it's about loving each other the way that God loves us, then I think our attitude toward Christmas might just change. Rather than lamenting when the Christmas music starts hitting stores in September, or wondering why Santa Claus has replaced the Thanksgiving turkey, instead of complaining about the crowds that we have to fight through to buy one more gift for a relative that we don't even like, or whining about the time that we wasted another holiday party, Christmas might just become a season with a real meaning, a chance for us all to spread God's peace in the world. Maybe your neighbor, who lives right next door, is anxious about a recent medical diagnosis. Or perhaps the waitress, who will serve you your lunch this afternoon, isn't sure if she's going to have enough money to pay her month, her, her rent at the end of the month. Or it could be that the father of three, who's working the cash register at your favorite store this Christmas, can barely keep that fake smile on his face after learning that he'll be laid off at the end of the holiday season. Or you might find out that the postal worker who drops all of those lovely Christmas cards into your box is a little depressed because his kids aren't coming home for Christmas this year. The truth is, many of the people that we see every single day need a little bit of peace in their lives. Let's face it, in our world which is filled with chaos, anxiety, and uncertainty, and plenty of things that leave us scared. So we, as Christians, must think of them. So here's your Christmas challenge for this week. Find some way to spread God's peace to someone who needs it. You could stop by and visit your neighbor who's sick. You could leave an extra 10 or $20 bill on your table when you get up from lunch for that waitress. You could simply be kind to that cashier instead of grumbling about the long line that you had to wait in or complaining that something you wanted was out of stock. You could give your mail carrier a nice Christmas gift. It doesn't really matter what you do. But what you do could make a huge difference in the life of someone who is searching for a little peace this Christmas. So let's all step up to the challenge and continue to be the presence of Christ throughout this Christmas season. May we spread God's peace and help others look forward to the season of Christmas yet to come this year. Let's pray together. God, as always, we thank you for the chance that we've had to come and worship in this place, especially this day, the second Sunday of Advent, 
The Sunday that we mark is the Sunday of peace. May we be reminded that your son is called the Prince of Peace, bringing that peace into a world that is filled with chaos. God, there are many around us who need to experience that peace this Christmas season as well. Things have gone topsy-turvy, upside down in the world that they live in. And they're just looking for a little bit of love, a little bit of hope, a little bit of joy, a little bit of peace this holiday season. May you open our eyes to these people, allowing our hearts to be ready to help them however we can. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's Adam again, and thanks for listening to this episode of our Sermon Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed our little trip back into our archives and that you were inspired to do what you can to spread peace throughout this Christmas season. Now, next Sunday, we're getting back into our Missing Christmas series, where we're talking about the problem that all of us face after Christmas passes at one point or another, where we just feel like we missed out on something that year. So next week, we're going to be exploring the story of Herod and talking about why Herod missed out on that very first Christmas so that we can learn from his mistakes and not feel like we missed out on Christmas this year. That episode will drop next Tuesday, and if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And before I go, I just want to remind you that just because this episode of our podcast is coming to an end, that I don't want you to forget what you've heard today. So do what you can this week to spread the peace of Christ in this world. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another sermon podcast.